0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. Question for you, how has 2021 been to you? Like how has 2021 treated you? Has been a good year, a difficult year, like the best year of your life, the worst year of your life, uh, indifferent? Maybe you're really frustrated with this year. You're confused. Maybe you're like, man, this is the most successful year of my life. Like, how was this year for you? And whenever Sean asked me to to preach today, uh, I I began to pray like, man, God, what is it that you want me to approach and I feel like God, every time I go to preach, like gives me a, a specific person or God will present a problem to me that maybe people in our church are going through. And, and I want to talk to the person today that you feel like your faith this year has been dictated by your circumstances that you become so laser focused on the difficulties and the circumstances of life that you've lost sight of God's overall faithfulness in your entire life, in your entire journey. And so my, my goal for us today, is very simple, is to try to get you to pause for a moment. Like you're already thinking about all the things that you got going on today and this week of work and Christmas and all the presents that you haven't gotten and all the things. My goal is to like get you to pause for a second, look back on 2021, take an honest assessment and take some honest inventory of all the things that took place in your life this year and my goal in prayer is that we're going to get some perspective for 2021 and as we get some perspective for 2021 i'm going to believe that god to give us some faith for 2022 amen And so to do that, I'm going to be preaching out of Psalm chapter 13. It's one of my top three favorite passages in the Bible. I can't pick one. I got three of my top favorite. Uh, But it's Psalm 13. It's only six verses. And we're going to go down through these verses, and we're going to see how God can maybe challenge us and speak to us today. Uh, But Psalm 13 was written by King David. And at this point in David's life, there's something clearly going on in his life. Like, he's he's frustrated. There's a lot of disappointment and despair. A lot of people kind of go back and forth what season of life they thought that he was in. But all we know is that it's a season of disappointment. But there's this moment in the Psalm four verses down where there's this transition in David's perspective. And I'm going to read it. Psalm 13, verses one through six. Are you ready? Wow, okay, cool. Park Meadows, are you ready? Come on, somebody, somebody. Park Meadows, I'm looking at you. You guys aren't Park Meadows, you're Littleton. All right, I'm feeling feisty today. I'm ready. I'm gonna give you all my best, so you give me your best, all right? All right, David, he says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes. I want you to circle that or underline it. Other versions might say, enlighten my eyes. Or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And then here's the transition of perspective. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. I've titled today's message, Look Again. Look again. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you're a good God, that you love us. God, thank you for aligning uh, our entire lives to maybe just get us to this moment, Lord. May someone see that right now, that all the things that have happened in their life may have been to get them to this moment where you want to speak to them love on them, encourage them, challenge them. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to this place to convict us in areas of our life that we need to be convicted and, and challenged, Lord. Uh, so, God, we love you deeply. Pray that you'd speak to tonight today in all God's people said. Amen. 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 So in February 2015, one of the most polarizing events to sweep across our globe and our generation took place. Do you remember? It was a wild time. It was a wild thing that took place. Uh, It it came out of nowhere, but it was so polarizing that you had to pick a side. Okay, people were fighting about it. Families were divided over it. Arguments were breaking out between coworkers. Dinners were ending early between families. Like, it, it was a wild time. But what was this worldwide phenomenon? Was it an international affair? No. A political corruption? No. Kim and Kanye? I wish. No, what, what was this thing that swept across our, our globe that was so polarizing? It was a picture. And that picture took the Internet by storm, and it was a picture of the dress. Right there. Was it white and gold? Was it black and blue? In the first week of this being posted, over 12 million tweets of this were, were posted. Like, unless you lived underneath a rock, okay, you saw this picture all over social media. Like, it was all over the place. So I, I thought, let's go ahead and take a vote. How many of y'all see white and gold? Wow. You can, you can judge your husband. It's okay. <laughs> How many of y'all see black and blue? wow. Who sees something other than the two options I gave you? I will pray for you. I brought this picture up to, to my wife this week. I'm like, you remember this? She's like, yeah. And, and she was like, what color do you see? I was like, black and blue. She said, you're an idiot. I'm like, oh my. She's like, it's clearly white and gold. Yeah. But this one image, it prompted so much online discussion about people's differing colors uh, of the dress that the scientific community literally began to investigate the photo for new insights into human coloring vision. Asking the question, how can two people look at the exact same image but have two completely different perspectives? Like, isn't it interesting how two people can experience the exact same thing in life but have two very different perspectives of what went down and what they saw? Like, perspective is a really powerful thing. There's a lot of definitions about perspective, but to me, perspective is how you see life. Okay? Every single one of us sees life differently. And the reason why we see life differently is because there's a lot of things that influence our perspective, okay? Like your age influences your perspective, your past experiences, your upbringing, the culture that you grew up in or the culture that you've emerged yourself in now, uh, the friends, your uh, the trauma that you've experienced, your values, uh, present circumstances, preconceived notions. A lot of things influence our perspective and how we see life. I heard someone say once that life is simply a matter of perspective. Okay, think about it. The difference between positive you and negative you is perspective. The difference between emotionally unstable you and consistent you is perspective. The difference between God is for me or God is against me is perspective. The difference between I am doomed or I'm filled with faith is perspective. Shall I keep going? The difference between road rage you and Go ahead, you, is perspective. Can I get an amen? Amen. Listen, perspective is powerful because the lens in which you view something will determine how you feel, determine how you think, and ultimately how you respond. If we go back to that picture for a moment, you know what I love about that picture, is that millions of people were arguing their position based off of the lens of their personal perspective But the debate was put to rest once the creator of the dress came out and and stated its true colors. Okay, so the creator finally came out. It's this retailer, Roman Originals, and they had this like Maury moment where they're like, you are indeed black and blue. The dress is black and blue, so you can celebrate. That's the original, so made sure my wife knew that. Now, when you look again at the dress with the Creator's lens in mind, it changes your perspective. Now, you can argue all day long that you still see white and gold, but you cannot argue the Creator's original intents. Okay, how many all know that when we look back on the things of life, like the good the bad, the ugly, the highs and lows, with our creator's lens in mind, you may not be able to change what happened, but you can change your perspective. Listen, humans, we have such finite minds with such finite perspectives, so Oftentimes we tend to focus on our senses, like the things that we can, we can touch, see, taste, hear, smell. So how is it that human beings who have such finite perspectives can see through the lens of a very infinite God? Can I tell you that through the, through the word of God that gives us insight to God's character, his purposes, his promises, his plans for us, That through the life of Jesus that gives us insight to his compassion, his love, his truth, his grace, his forgiveness. That through the Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom, knowledge, understanding that you and I have the ability to see beyond what is right in front of us. That you and I, with God's help, have the ability to see beyond what seems impossible or insurmountable. See beyond our pain or our disappointment. See beyond our finite perspective. Listen, 2021 for a lot of people was was pretty difficult. Uh, I, I, I saw it in, in ways in my own life. I saw it in other people's lives. Just the sheer nature of, of what we do here um, at our church, being pastors and, and working in ministry, uh, we, we oftentimes get to hear about people's like greatest moments of life, but probably more than not, uh, we get the honor of grieving with people in their most difficult times of life. Our our staff we have this this channel on on our Slack and it's our prayer channel, and people on our staff will always be posting on there things that their family members are going through, volunteers in the church, people within our family, and some of the things that we're seeing that people are going through in this season of life and this past year has been absolutely devastating, devastating. You're seeing it all over, and and, and maybe for you it was. Uh, the the relational issues, the marital issues, the, the separation, the divorce. Maybe it was the mental health struggles that like crept up in your life like never before and you lost complete control of it. Maybe it was the addictions in your life, the sin patterns, relational, financial issues, you name it. But you look back on your year and you see a lot of difficult moments, maybe an entire difficult season of life. And I think that our temptation, because we live in such a pain-adverse culture, is just to move past these things and, like, almost pretend like they didn't happen, right? Like, we get to the end of the year, like, whoa, what just happened here? But it's Christmas, baby. Mariah Carey, come on, take me home, right? Like, bye, 2021. Hello, 2022. New year, new me. But the reality is that God wastes no season, that God wastes no pain, no heartache, no disappointment. And so I think that before we just sweep this year under the rug and move on and put this year under the L column or the W column, I think it'd be really important for us to pause for a moment, take an honest assessment, and look at the realities of the things that took place in our life because we might just be able to see God's hand in his faithfulness all over our life like never before. And this is exactly what David does in Psalm 13. Psalm 13 is called the Psalm of Transition. Because in the middle of the psalm, David not only transitions his perspective, but he transitions his heart, his mind, his soul, and even his posture changes. And I think that this psalm can help us understand how we can begin to shift the way that we see life to fighting to the best of our ability to see our life through the lens of our creator. Psalm 13 is broken up into three stanzas. Each stanza is two verses totaling six verses. And so the three stanzas are this. We're going to go through this if you're taking notes. It's David's problem, David's petition, and then David's praise. And we're going to see how David transitions his heart and his mind, his perspective to go from the problem to the petition to the praise. You ready? We're going to knock through all three of these. Let's do it. First is the problem. David presents his current problem to God. Now I want you to think about this for a moment before I read this. Remember that David was an actual human being with real emotions, with real feelings. Like David walked this planet. It's not just in the Bible, it's through the history book. Like David walked this planet, okay? David was a real person uh, going through something extremely difficult. So I want you to picture as I'm reading this that David is like sitting out in a field, he's petting a sheep or something, and he's under a tree. But picture like something so deeply is happening in his life that maybe he's weeping as he is crying out to God. He says this, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? I love David's uh, honesty, don't you? Right, like We live in such an inauthentic world, so, so hearing someone be so authentic and vulnerable about the things that they're really going through is really refreshing. David was like the ultimate truth teller. David was constantly confronting the things that he was struggling with and how they were affecting him and the things that he was feeling. Now, we're all of David's feelings, facts. Maybe, maybe not, but David understood something, that it's really hard to have hope and faith for the future when you're not willing to be honest about your past and your present. Right? David was willing to take an honest assessment, honest inventory of the things that he was struggling with, the things that had struggled before, his lack of, of hope and faith for the future. Can I ask you a question? Have you paused this year to take some honest inventory of the things that went down in your life this year? I'm not asking you just to look for the difficult things, but, like, what was great that happened in your life? What were the achievements? What were the successes? What were the provisions? But also, like, what were the difficult things that took place in your life? What were the career struggles, the relational struggles, the mental health struggles? Like, what took place in your life? Have you taken honest inventory? Like, what happened in your life? What took place in your life? How has that affected you? How is it affecting your ability to have hope and faith for the future? Because the reality is it's important to understand that you sometimes don't know what you need from God until you are willing to confront your reality. A story to illustrate this, a few years ago, I went to the doctors for a physical checkup. Now those are awkward, right? You're laughing awkwardly because you're like, yeah, it's awkward. Poking a prod and you ask you questions like, "Who are you? Why am I paying you to do this?" It's very uncomfortable. So I go to the doctors and, and I'm with the nurse and she's like, "Well, how how, how tall do you think you are?" I'm like, oh, "I'm probably like Six, one. six ish," and and she she was like, "Okay," and and so she she like measures my height. She's like, "Actually, you're you're under six foot." I'm like, "You're under six foot. <laughs> Taller than you." I'm like, your scale's wrong. You're wrong. You're all wrong. I'm leaving. And she's like, well, how how much do you think you weigh? Uh, And I was like, I don't know, probably 210. She's like, well, actually, you're 230. I'm like, well, I must have been a 20-pound pizza last night. I don't know. (laughs) She's like, well, let's check your blood pressure. I'm like, okay. So she's like, hey, your your blood pressure's pretty high. Do you know why your blood pressure'd be high? I was like, yeah, because I walked in here tall and skinny, and now I'm leaving short and chubby. I'm like, what do you want me to feel right now? Like, you want me, you want me, normal heart rate? Like, <laughs> killed every fiber of my being, nurse. It's difficult to hear, but confronting my reality helped me see where I was actually at and helped me understand what I needed to do to get myself back to a healthy state, right? Like, I think that believers think that it's noble sometimes to go through really, really difficult situations and just put our faith face on, pretending like everything's just fine. Right, like, I'm good. Life's great. Really? I heard that some stuff went down. No, I'm good. I want to die, but I'm good. When, When the reality is that if you were to take a spiritual checkup, and take some honest inventory the things that are going on in your life. You would realize that maybe you're not quite as good as you thought that you were. And you don't have a whole lot of hope and faith for the future. I've read this book a couple of times. I started reading it again. It's a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. It's a book about how organizations go from good to great. But he had this quote in there that I think was so spiritually profound. He talks about how companies go from good to great. But take this for personal for yourself. He says, they retain faith that you will prevail in the end while confronting the brutal facts of your current reality. Can I tell you that you can still have faith for your future, still believe that God has great plans, And purpose for your life, still have great faith for the things that God's going to do in your life, while confronting the difficult things in your life. That that's okay for you to do. Can I free you up for a moment? Like it's such old school thinking for us to think that we have to put this like faith face on. Like you can confront realities of difficult situations, still having hope that God will do something profound and special in your life. Right? Like just because David was facing reality and presenting his problems to God did not mean that David was lacking faith this concept is incredibly important and I want you to really understand this why 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 both are so important if all you do is confront your reality focus on your your problem focus on the issues and refuse to have hope and faith for the future these are the people who end up really depressed anxious defeated Depleted, their whole relationship with God is a victim mentality of why have you not done the thing for me that I thought that you were going to do? But also the reality, too is if you refuse to confront the realities of your life and all you do is just put your faith face on and just pretend like everything's gonna be okay, you're probably lying to yourself and that's how you get spiritual burnout. There's something so powerful in the depth of our darkest season to say this is my reality, this is how it's affecting me, I'm hurting right now, I feel lost, I feel a little helpless, but I still trust that I have some hope and faith for the future, amen? Amen. So my question is, have you looked back? Have you confronted the difficult seasons of life this year? And I want to encourage you this week, uh, whether it's, it's, it's on your, your phone or in a journal. I, I love the journal. But, like, go through the timeline of 2021. It won't take you long. Write out, like, the great things. Write out the difficult things. And how did those things affect you? And how do you feel like they're still continuing to affect you now? Because as David confronts his reality... David begins to change his tune with God. and You see this. So David presents the problem, and then David presents the petition. So he says in verse 3, he says, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. David petitions to God. Okay, A petition is when you... You ask, you appeal, you request. Some some versions of this word would even go as far as to say that to to petition is to beg. And So David petitions to God. But what's interesting about this time is that oftentimes throughout the Psalms, you'll see that David will uh, petition that God will deliver him or rescue him. Not here. Or, Or David will ask or petition to God for God to destroy his enemies, make his enemies a footstool. But notice something very different about this time. What does David ask God? Let's go back. He says, look on me and answer, Lord, my God. And he says, give light to my eyes. The English Standard Version says, enlighten my eyes. This word enlighten means that give spiritual knowledge and wisdom or insight. David is saying, God, I don't need you to deliver me. I need you to reveal to me. Like, it's so powerful that David is humbly admitting to God, like, I cannot see past what's in front of me. Like I cannot see beyond my circumstances. I cannot see beyond my finite perspective. So he's saying, God, give me eyes to see that of which I cannot. God, give me revelation. I learned at a very young age, and if you're a young person in this room, I believe that there's a divine purpose that, that you're listening in this room, whether you're uh, under 10, teenager, whatever it might be, that, that if you could learn this and grasp this, like, it could change the whole trajectory of your life. But I learned at, at, a, at a young age that the greatest tool that you and I have to have revelation, to have enlightened eyes, to see through the lens of our creator's perspective is through the word of God. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Another version says, revelation of your word makes my path clear. Like the word of God, it illuminates our eyes to see beyond our current understanding. Think about this for a moment. We live in a very uh, dark and confusing world right now, right? Like there's not a whole lot of things that you can you can touch or see or sense or smell that you're like, oh, wow! i got a lot of hope and faith for the world that we live in. There's not a whole lot of that going on. But what the Word of God does is knowing that things are dark and confusing, the Word of God, it enlightens our past so that we may not be able to see what's out there, but at least that God's speaking to me right here, right where I can now see, I can take little steps that he speaks to me little by little. See, Scripture says that the Word of God, like it, it penetrates our bone marrow. It penetrates our heart and our soul and it says even goes as far as saying that it discerns our thoughts. So think about this. You don't just read the Word of God, but the, the Word of God reads you. The Word of God takes everything about you into account. When you read the Word of God, the Word of God is taking into account the trauma that you've experienced in your life. It's taking into account the your present circumstances, all the things that you're going through, and then now it's speaking to you. That's why I can read six verses today, and it will speak to 15,000 people differently, right? Because you are reading the Word of God. That's why we come to church, just so you know. We don't do church you can just come listen to some bald meathead try to give a motivational talk right no you come to church to listen to the word of God because in whatever season of life that you are in he can enlighten your eyes to see beyond your finite perspective amen in 2016 our son Abram was born and a couple days after he was born, I won't go all the way into it, but we experienced something very traumatic with our son. We almost lost our son right before our eyes. And so our, our son ends up in the NICU. He's hooked up to, to all the things. And, and you know, as a parent, like, when your kid goes through, like, even if they have, like, a little cough, you're like, are you good? Are you, you know? And, and, and you know, parents, like, when your kid is really struggling, it it kills your soul. Like, you, there's nothing worse on the planet. You would rip, you would switch places with them in a heartbeat, right? And I remember Abram was in, in the NICU, hooked up to all these things, and, and I remember just standing over, and, and everything that I could, I could like see and touch and hear felt like defeat, felt like loss and failure. like Everything that my finite mind with my finite perspective could see was not good. But I had brought my Bible to the hospital, and I was reading the word one of those days, and I came across Psalm 139, which Psalm 139 talks about how God planned your days ahead, how he knit you together in his mother's womb, how his thoughts for you are beyond the grains of sand in the ocean. And God began to speak to me. And so for the rest of the time that Abraham there, every time that I stood in that room and I stood over my son, I took out Psalm 139 and I read it over and over and over. And over again. I read Psalm 139 probably a thousand times over my son. And as I began to do that, God began to enlighten my eyes. God began to show me that He loves my son far more than I ever could. He began to show me that He has plans and purposes and promises for my child. It began to change everything about my perspective, not about my reality, but it gave me some hope and some faith for the future. Amen. So, can I tell you, As a believer, that if you're not engaging with the word of God, you are missing out on the greatest tool to see life through the lens of your creator. Don't wait for us to be the one who helps give you perspective on a Sunday. This can happen every single morning if you want to engage with it. So David presents his problem, then he gives his petition, and then David ends with his praise. This is the good one right here. It was as if God, in a split second, he hears David's request, and then he, he grants his request. Like he, he all of a sudden, like, enlightens David's eyes for David to see beyond his finite perspective. So you have this, like, transition of perspective where David is giving this, like, massive problem. He's probably weeping, struggling. But then all of a sudden, there's this transition where David says, but, I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. It's like David is sitting there under that tree with the little lamb. Sorry, I was trying to make you smile a little bit. Just struggling. But all of a sudden, it's like poof, this light bulb of enlightenment. And he says, But I trust that you were good before, you were faithful once. I believe, God, that you will be faithful again, right? Change in perspective. He begins to proclaim out loud who God is and what God has already done for him. And because of that, that gave him some faith and hope for the future. You know what David did to change his perspective that is so powerful, that could change your life forever, is that he expressed gratitude. Expressed gratitude, simple. Simple but he did it. Can I remind you that one of the greatest weapons that a believer has in their arsenal to fight off and combat uh, feelings of discontentment, hopelessness, despair, anger, anxiety, is gratitude. Even if you're not a believer in here, uh, both science and scripture would agree that gratitude changes things. That, that gratitude, it, it makes you happier, it, it increases joy, it creates contentment, it brings peace, it, it encourages hope, and it strengthens your faith. Listen, there is something that happens deep down in your soul, this like soul revelation, this soul ref- refreshing, when we choose whether it's in the best season of life or the worst season of life to allow gratitude to be at the forefront of our mind. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord. And then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Right? Like, you are struggling, but gratitude is the thing that begins to get your heart and your mind to a place of peace that transcends all understanding. That thanksgiving is a prerequisite to the peace and the joy and the confidence and the strength of our Lord. Amen? Amen. Listen, David showed us that gratitude, what gratitude does is it takes your focus off of your problem and it puts your focus on your provider, right? If we become so focused on our problem, laser focused on all the things, all the difficult things that are happening in life, that's where doubt, worry, frustration, anxiety will follow. But David taught us that even in the midst of your problem, your focus can still be on your provider where faith and hope and contentment and joy will come. Can I tell you that gratitude is an expression of faith and faith is active. So there's something profound about even in your darkest situation that to change the state of your mind sometimes, you have to change the state of your body, so to stand up and begin to praise the Lord, to stand up and begin to thank God for his faithfulness and the things that he has done in your life, amen? So, I, so that's what I'm going to encourage you guys today when, when I'm done and we go into a time of worship that maybe even though when you're not feeling it, you still stand up and out of thanksgiving and faith in the Lord, you're going to raise your hands up and give praise to God, even when you're circumst- Saints doesn't deem it worthy. Amen. So David, he brings his problem, his petition. His petition is God, enlighten my eyes. God responds. God enlightens his eyes. David's perspective is shifted. Gratitude then gives him hope and faith for the future. Ben, you can come on up. So this week, I was uh, preparing for this message. It was on Tuesday. And preparing sermons stresses me out because you guys just stare at me and I'm, you know. And I, like, hang on to every word. (laughs) Preparation doesn't come very easy to me when it comes to to creating content like this. And, And so oftentimes, I look for any distraction that I possibly can so I can quit focusing on it. Uh, but on Tuesday, I was, I was prepping and I, I was praying and I, I just I was just getting frustrated because I just didn't feel like I was hearing from God and I was like, man, I just God, I don't know, like, what do you what do you want me to like speak to your people? Like, what is it that you want or trying to accomplish? And. And so I got distracted, you know, when we get distracted, we just go to our phones, right? Well, my phone is like the most boring phone on the planet. I have no apps. I have nothing on there, no social media on my phone, nothing. Uh, and so for those of us like that, we just go to our photos, right? And so we just find ourselves on our photos like a thousand. Anybody with me? Come on, am I the only one? Right. Like a thousand times a day, you're like, oh, I've looked at that ten times, that receipt. I don't know. So I go to my phone, and and I scroll all the way, like, back, and I think it was 2015 or 2016, and I'm just going through, like, all these photos, and I'm laughing, and and I'm like, I end up in, like, 50 different conversations because I keep on sending videos and pictures to people. I'm like, look how much weight you've gained. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm laughing. I'm, like, having a good time. But then I, like, had this moment, and I think that it was kind of like this enlightening moment where God just began to speak to me. But I'm looking back at some of these photos, and I all of a sudden begin to remember that and a lot of those photos where I'm smiling, my life was in absolute shambles. You know, you can see, like, the dates on, the, on, on like, the photos, and, and I started to remember some of the most difficult times in my life. Photos where me and my wife are smiling with our kid, and we're filled with fear, and our marriage is crumbling times in life where there's pictures of me and I'm preaching on stage and if people only knew how much I was dying inside trying to like encourage people to have faith in a God that I was losing faith in I just started looking through like all these photos and I just like started God was just like speaking and I was really actually quite overwhelmed I, I ended up just like crying and so I looked through all these photos and and I get to the end, and I just I put my phone down. I close my eyes, and I lean back in my chair, just tears streaming down my face. And all I could say was, God, you've been so faithful. God, you have been good. That I didn't think that I was going to make it back then. I thought that I was going to give up on my family. I thought that I was going to give up on being a pastor and, I stand here today because I serve a good God. I look back on those photos and I see God's protection. I see God's faithfulness. I see His grace. I see people in those photos that without God putting them in my life that I would not be here today. I had this overwhelming moment of, of just like gratitude. And so I go home that night and 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 our our, our kids are, are taking a bath, and usually I'm, I'm yelling at them because they're splashing water all over the place, and but they're laughing and they're splashing each other and just having a, the best time ever. And I'm just sitting there watching them, and I, I just I just start like weeping, I say God, thank you. You are a good God. You are faithful. You know, I decided. A long time ago, that I refused to go through life, the good, the bad, the ugly things in life, and not see God's hand in it. Call me an optimist, tell me my head is in the sand, my eyes are in the clouds, but I refused to believe that God wasn't working when my marriage wasn't. I refused to believe that God wasn't working in my in my my father's cancer diagnosis. I refused to believe that God wasn't working when our kids were fighting for their lives. I refuse to believe that God wasn't working when I was in deep, deep turmoil. Listen, can I tell you that how you perceive God will determine how you perceive your life. Your perspective of God will determine your perspective on life. What was David's perspective of God? That God was good. That God was faithful. For a second, can you step out of your bubble, your peripheral bubble, or and step out of your current situation, can I remind you that nothing may be good in your life, but God is. That even though you've lost faith this year, that your creator has remained faithful. That even though you're constantly changing, that you serve a constant God. That even though you might be broke or sick, or tired, that God is still good, that even though you might be weary or anxious, that God is still good, that life may not be good, but our Father is good. That's why we as believers, we walk by faith and not by sight. I refuse to allow my life to be dictated by what I see, but I will allow my life to be dictated by what I know to be true. So all I want from you today is you just pause your crazy life. (laughs) Look again. Say, God, enlighten my eyes. Help me see beyond my finite perspective. And sometimes God's perspective you may not see for years. But you might look back on this year and say, what felt like a massive loss was actually God's protection. What felt like destroyed me was actually God's grace over my life. Can you fight at the end of this year to hear from God, get perspective for 2021? Because as you get perspective for this year, I believe that you will have faith and hope for the next. Amen. Let's pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask a couple of questions. First question is that you're a believer, you have a relationship with God, but your faith this year has been very dictated by your circumstances. You've been focusing solely on your problems, and you found yourself with a, a, a depressed, anxious, a very victimized mentality, even sitting in this room today. And and you want to pray the prayer today that, God, would you enlighten my eyes to see beyond my finite perspective. If that's you in here, would you slip up your hand at all locations so I can pray for you? Wow. Wow. Man, a whole bunch of us. Wow. I'm with you. I raised my hand with you today. You can put your hands down. Second question is this, is that you don't have a relationship with the Lord. So your biggest issue in 2021 wasn't some of your circumstances. It was that you didn't have a relationship with God. In your whole life, you have been searching and searching for fulfillment. Always searching, never finding, always wandering, but somehow you wandered into this place. Can I tell you that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who created you, who knit you together in your mother's room, orchestrated your entire life, good, bad and ugly, to get you to this moment right here, where he can love on you. You're in this room at any location, online, you don't have a relationship with God, but you'd like to start one today, if that's you, would you slip up your hand so I can pray for you? Praise Jesus. I see you, daughter. I see you. Wow. I see you, bro. Come on. Come on. Wow. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, you raise your hand. Just begin to talk to God for the first time ever, maybe. God, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I, I trust that you... Um, sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, this earth to pay for my sins. I believe that through Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. God, we love you so much. And, Lord, it's our honor that even the depth of maybe our despair, it's our honor to stand and worship and praise and give glory to your name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand at all locations. Let's worship.